Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. You guys are awesome, by the way. I don't think we need the original cap. It's Brian Baldinger with the NFL Network, and you're listening to The Morning Roast with Bonte and Shasky on 95.7 The Game. Spadoni and Lubman in for Bonte and Shasky here. As you heard, Brian Baldinger, who got the boss screening calls too. Huge. He just said, hey, Brian in New Jersey and Rich in Livermore, who on hold and we'll get to you. He just said these are great calls. You better live up to it. You better. Because if they're not, I'm crushing my guy back there. Well, hold on. We, so yeah. we, we were talking earlier about kind of what we have to go through in regards to uh, call screening, what we, you know, as, as producers. Matt Nahigian, low key, one of the best call screeners out there. I've been listening to him screen some of these calls these last few days that I've been running the board and he's been doing the phone. He, I, you think I come after these callers? He's coming after them. I need energy. Every I need you to step it up. Turn that say, radio off. Give me more energy. I what else you energy. got? Give me something better. Dude, yeah. he gets these callers fired up. So, I mean, I'm looking at him. It's like, I got. I, I think I'm a good call screener, and then I watch Matt do it. It's like, see, this is why he's the boss. This is why he gets paid the big bucks. Like going from Darnold to Purdy, you know, you think you got the Sam Darnold here, you think you got everything, and then you see Brock Purdy go out there. It's more the you Joe Montana of call screeners. Okay, there you go. And are you Brock Purdy at this point? You know what? It's okay. You know, he had a bad performance. Everyone, four picks and a 33 to 19 loss. I'm not freaking out, but there was definitely some concerns there for me, and it might not be the the interception, Sam. It might be more, he got hurt again, and he had to leave. Are we starting to, you know, get concerned about the body holding up for Brock, who's not the biggest athlete, who came into the season after uh, after major surgery on his throwing elbow? Is there start to, uh, to have some concern, if you're a fan, for these injuries for Brock? It's a stinger. So when you hear stinger, by the way, it's like, eh, it's whatever. It's a little pinched nerve or anything like that. He should be fine. You know, I thought it was a concussion at first, and that's why I was like, okay, keep him out for the rest of the game. But then I heard it was a stinger. I was like, oh, really? That's, that's what's keeping him out? Shanahan wanted to be safe rather than sorry. And by the way, here is Kyle Shanahan talking about Brock's stinger uh, to the media yesterday, uh, talking about, you know, whether he'll go, be good to go against Washington. Yeah, just watching him, how he was that week, and then just, being able to hear how he was today and talk to him last night after the game, I, I think he's going to be fine. I don't think it's going to bother him too. I mean, I know it's, I, I don't want to take away from sure it's a pain for him, and um, but but in overall things, I think he's going to be fine for us this week. He'll be fine, Sam. But again, are you sure about that? I don't know. It might it might maybe looking too into it, too much into it. Be like I don't know, stingers two weeks in a row, keeping him out for that. 
Is there is there maybe something more going on there, or do you think they were just playing playing careful there against a the tough opponent? I think that's what they were doing. Uh, they went into the blue medical tent, and when usually you do that, you go. You know, you, I don't know what they're doing. In well, there. nowadays you can go into the blue medical tent for anything. You, you, you break a nail. It's basic, in there. basically like a circus. By the way, like when I'm driving in, the, I guess they have like this circus now. Do you drive in early morning, right? Oh there. yeah, There's no, big, over at the, the big the, circus tent, at right? At the big now. bus station, yeah. At the big bus station that no one is not used for buses. Well, it's got to be used for something. Yeah, yeah no so one they takes have buses a circus anymore. tent there. It's basically what it is when these guys go in there. I don't know what they're doing over there, but apparently he's going to be fine this week. They're taking on Washington, so you know they, they should handle this team. Washington, they're just in shambles. They're going to fire everyone. They're going to tank. They're looking at Caleb Williams, Drake May, someone, and ain't going to be Sam Howell. It's not going to be Jacoby Brissett, who they see. I don't know who they're going to see. shouldn't matter. They should have a good bounce-back performance this week. But you never know in the NFL. Any given Sunday, anything like this can happen. But it's starting to get a little, you know, heading into the game, there was an arrogance factor for the 49ers for the fan base, and rightfully so. You've dominated the NFC up to this point, and now you're taking on the big bad wolf of the AFC, the Baltimore Ravens, and you were six-point favorites, whatever, five-and-a-half points it was. So even Vegas thought you were going to handle this team. And then they come in, punch you in the mouth, pick the ball off five times, not one, not two, not three, not four, but five times, including a Donald interception, and they handle you. How are you feeling about that, 49ers fans? You're on the top of the world heading into Christmas Day, and you got a lump of coal in your stocking instead. You thought you were going to get the Turbo Man. You thought you were going to get He-Man. You thought you were going to get the Barbie, the Oppenheimer doll. Do they make those? They should. You thought you were getting that, and you got a lump of coal instead. It was got to be humbling. And I think it's a good humbling if you're a 49er fan. If you're a Brock Purdy, if you are a Kyle Shannon, you need this heading into the playoffs to refocus you and revamp you. Because you can't be arrogant. I'd rather this happen now than in a few weeks in the opening round. Well, I mean, tell if, you, that. if you look at the last three games here, Ravens, Commanders, Rams, if you're going to have a performance like this, it's probably the, I guess, in a sense, the least concerning that it happens against a team like the Ravens, a team that's actually, like, you know, good, unlike the Commanders, who are just absolute doo-doo against or the Rams, who... I mean, that game just got a lot more interesting, too, by the way, that Rams game. Very uh, interesting. When they come to town, the Rams, they could be playing for their playoff lives, and the Niners are going to need to win that game if I, they want to secure the one seed there, So, but we can get that to them I was going to say, but, real quick, I'll tease it. I think a team in the NFC we got to look out for for the 49ers being the biggest road in the block. It's not the Philadelphia Eagles, not the Dallas Cowboys, not the Detroit Lions. It may be that team down south. It may be the LA Rams. They are looking like a team that no one wants to face right now. And again, we've played the whole, oh, well, you know, Kyle Shanahan, he has Sean McVay's number. Except not, that one yeah, time. Not in the playoffs. Except that one time. And that's absolutely going to be in the back of Niners fans' mind. Because the way that's shaping up right now, the way the playoffs are shaping up right now, again, Niners still have a very good chance getting the one seed. Uh, they have all the tiebreakers they could possibly need to make that happen. They control their own destiny there. The two seeds probably be, could very well still be the Eagles uh, holding on to the two seed. They have the Cardinals and the Giants to finish the season up. They should be able to take care of business against both those teams. I know the Giants did Jonathan just kind of, Gannon revenge game. They did just push the Eagles a little bit uh, this the, on yesterday, or not yesterday, on Monday, but I still think the Eagles take care of business there. I Lions know, you, keep saying, tough, you keep saying last night's game and you got me faked out because it was a Monday. I was like, no, this, this is a Wednesday. This is the weirdest week of the year. It's Time does not exist this year. Every, all day this week is basically Thursday. This is basically a five-day-long Thursday when you really 
really think about it. Thursday's the best day of the, the week. The week between Christmas and New Year's. T- time does not exist in this part of the year. Nothing matters. Um, it's inception. Ex- pretty much. It's, it's yearception. But uh, where was I going there? But yeah, so the, the, the Eagles, they could probably still get the two seed, but the Lions in that three seed, they got the Cowboys this weekend, and they finish with the Vikings at home. Big win by the Lions this weekend. The statement win over the Vikings after they struggled in their last two divisions. Statement win over Nick Mullins. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, they get Justin Jefferson. He was looking pretty good, that. too. Um, finally balling out for me on my fantasy team. How are you uh, doing in fantasy? T- not not good. No. Not, not good. I'm in uh, two Constellation Championships this weekend. Oh, yeah. that's, that's Oh, my God. La- that Monday night last. game, I would. I had Brock Purdy, Brandon Ayuk, and uh, Justice Hill going for me on Monday night. And I was agonizing that entire game because I'd get a little bit closer than Brock throws an interception. And then i get you know further back. My, my opponent was already done. So it was more just I had to hit that number at some point. And it was looking very, very, very dicey until midway through the fourth quarter. Uh, Darnold hits Ayuk for like a 20-yard you know, pass on the left side. And it was just like, oh, thank you, Brandon Ayuk, saving my consolation championship run there. No, um, I, had, uh, I had Patrick Mahomes. I was down 45 points, and I needed Patrick Mahomes and Debo Samuel to carry me over the top. Patrick Mahomes is god awful. Yeah. And uh, Debo Samuel didn't do much. So, you so, know what? Them I was I was agonizing on Monday night. But basically, it's a long way of saying that the Lions, they can get that three seed. And if they match up against the Rams in the first round, I like that matchup for the Rams. And if the Rams win that game, it could very well be a Rams Niners in the divisional round at Levi's. Mm. And that's where things get a little bit frustrating or a little bit uh, dicey there for the Niners. Because, again, that is not a team I think you want to play right now. The Rams, much like the Bills in the AFC, they're getting hot at the right time, and and they're both in that you do not want to deal with these guys right now. No, realm. they got they got Nakua, they got Cup. Those guys are ballers. Matt Stafford's playing at an elite level. The guys already won a Super Bowl. Talk about winning another one for him. What that does for his legacy. Talking about a Hall of Famer, Matt Stafford, kind of a borderline one right now. If you just go by the stats as it is, Sean McVay obviously been there, done that multiple times getting to a Super Bowl and obviously winning one over the Cincinnati Bengals a few years ago. Uh, we put a capping on uh, the fantasy football conversation real quick because we got a final matchup in the 95-7 the game bracket, everyone. Matt Steinmetz versus Mark Willard in the 95-7 the game fantasy championship, baby. <laughs> Of course, both of them aren't working this week, so we'll have to hear the trash talking next week after it all comes to fruition. Can't wait for that crosstalk, whether it's Tuesday, whether it's Monday, what have you. I can't wait for Brian in New Jersey to hop on here. He has some thoughts, Sammy, on uh, whether Kyle Shanahan should have stuck to a different game plan. What's going on, Brian? Hey, how y'all doing? Good morning. I'm a huge fan of 49er fans, and I watched the game, and I was just trying to figure out Okay, we're down a little bit at the half. We just ran it and we ran the ball down and throw. It's a known fact that's susceptible to the run. I don't know the terms, you know, personally, but why he didn't come out and run the ball? Everybody's human beings. We all allowed to have a bad day. And Kyle Shanahan must realize that his quarterback is human and he had to get and this bear to switch up midway. That's what's stopping us from a Lombardi trophy. Him not recognizing his game plan's not working and to switch because he got the dogs to do it. I just don't understand, y'all. How many years are going to keep seeing this? Take us to the pinnacle, take us to here, and then when something switch up, you wet your pants like a little girl. 
Man, Man, that's Brian. Get out your pride, bro. Get out your pride. That's Brian in New Jersey. Hey, what are your pants like a little girl, little boy? It doesn't matter. I got little ones. It doesn't matter. All right. What does matter is running the damn ball, though, Brian. I do agree with you there. Did feel like they got away from it a little too early. And maybe we'll ask Brian Baldinger right here. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Maybe not. Oh. He breaks down plays better than anyone. I mean, this is like Shark Week now. And you know what Baker Mayfield is? He's chum. Look at these sharks. You think you're getting away from those four angry sharks? It's Shark Week. It's time to eat. Make the read. Urgency. That's the name of the game right here. Urgency. Now. On it. He's on it. Touchdown. Beautiful throw. He's our 95-7 the game NFL insider. Brian Baldinger. Brian Baldinger is presented by our proud partner, Golden State, serving the Bay Area for three generations, building better starts with Golden State. When you succeed, we succeed. Visit GoldenStateLumber.com. Spadoni in for Bonte. Lubman in for Joe Shasky, the morning roast here. And we got Brian Baldinger. You know him. You love him. Former NFL offensive lineman. Current analyst for NFL Network and our 95.7 The Game NFL Insider. Brian, how's your Christmas, man? How you doing? Hey, Joe. I'm, my, my Christmas is good. Uh, you know, I had a, I worked on Christmas Eve, but, you know, got back to my house in Florida here. We had a good time. So, uh, you know, watched a lot of the games on Christmas, obviously, you know, was uh, there for the main event. I'm just asking, like, Bonte and Shasky, are they just in depression? Oh, they, they, they can't show up for work yet? They're having meltdowns, Baldy. They're, they're freaking out now. I mean, their guy, their, their guy, Brock Purdy, had four picks, and maybe we'll yeah. start there, Baldy. What happened there? I mean, people are calling it. And, and listen, there he is right there. There's the drop. He's having a meltdown. Uh, those four picks, uh, take me in there because a lot of fans, are they're, they're calling them fluky is the word I'm hearing. A lot of them were fluky. When you heard that term fluky, because for me, nothing that the Baltimore Ravens did seemed fluky to me. It seemed like they punched the Niners in the mouth early and often in that game, and they rattled Brock Purdy. What did you see on those interceptions? Uh, well, the first one, you know, it's an opening drive, first and 10, you're at the 15-yard line, and the Ravens play a matchup zone. 
And so you can run all the motions and the shifts and formations at them if they don't move. Like all they do is wait for the ball to be snapped and they drop and expand into their zones. And as a player like Debo going to the post comes into his zone, Kyle Hamilton is on a half field safety. He's looking, you know, at a little smash route concept by Kittle over there and Ayuk, and there's really nothing for him to do. So he immediately puts his eyes on, you know, because they play a matchup zone, all 11 players on every play always have their eyes on the quarterback. So they're not man coverage and turning their back or anything like that. So when Brock let that one fly to Debo, like he wasn't really, it's not that he didn't see Kyle. He just didn't think he was going to jump it like he did. And that can happen. Uh, you know, you don't like to have red zone, uh, you know, turnovers like that. But that's, that's a product of their defense. And then you know, to the second one, they run a corner cap blitz, you know, and Brandon Stevens comes off the, the edge and he wants to flip it out to Debo. That's the play. And they're dropping a safety down to cover Debo, but he got his hands up in the passing lane. Happens every week, every Sunday in this league. And they actually blitz both corners. They blitz both Stevens and Marlon Humphrey from the other side. And so when the ball got bad in the air, Humphrey picked it off. So you can say that's fluky. It, it happens. I think the one that really was when he was just circling around in the second quarter, 10-5 game, and he tried to fit it into Kittle across his body in the middle of the field. That's probably, you know, the worst throw that he had all day. You know, and then um, the last one, look, Travis Jones hits his arm. I mean, Aikman said it, and, he, and Troy wasn't wrong. But, you know, it always falls on the quarterback. It's his fault. But, you know, his arm got hit. You know, and Patrick Queen picked it off and takes it down the nine. Next play, you know, they hit Zay Flowers, opens the game up. So I, I felt like two of the throws, two of the four, is, is on Brock. And he's got to see that and learn from it. And understand that nobody else plays this defense in the whole league. It's a reason why they're the number one defense in football right now. You literally have to be perfect with your throws. And you've got to really see the whole field. And understand that all 11 players are looking back at you. And nobody else. So other teams play concepts like this. But this is their defense and what they do. And why they're the number one defense in football. Yeah, I mean, volume. Focusing more on some of these picks from Brock in the past, you've come on this show and you've said that a lot of the mistakes that Brock really kind of makes sometimes are are almost born out of over aggression. He's trying a little too hard to uh, make a play in certain situations. Obviously, you mentioned that that third pick he had last night. He probably should have just thrown that ball away there. But overall, do you feel like he's he's making like less of those mistakes where he's trying to do too much, or do you still kind of see him in these situations where he's maybe trying to force plays more often that he than he really needs to? Uh, he makes, you know, he, he, even in the game, he made some unbelievable throws. Um, yeah, I just don't think, like, look, I, we'll see the results of this. They still have two games left, and, you know, I think the Rams are going to give them a heck of a game week 18, the way they're playing. Um, I, I don't want to see him become less aggressive. Uh, he is, he has been what he is in the talk of the league because he's been aggressive and has been making those throws across his body in the middle of the field to Kittle. He's made those time and time again, and on the move, and buying time. He's done all of that. I don't want to see him go into a shell and go, I can't make mistakes. Like, that's not going to benefit this offense, and they're not going to win a Super Bowl playing that style. Brian Baldinger joining us here on the Morning Roast. Spadoni and Loveman in for Bonte and Chasky. And Baldy, on the other side, Lamar Jackson. I mean... Stopping this guy, other than the refereeing, stopping him in the end zone. By the way, real quick, did you, what do you make of that? Like, how is that not a rule where a ref 
I mean, he didn't mean to, but he trips the player. Shouldn't that be a dead ball there? Like, like I've never seen that before. Well, you seen it. You haven't seen it in the end zone like that. That led to a safety, but you see it in the middle. Back when the umpire was, uh, you know, by, you know, in the middle of the field next to the uh, the middle linebacker. I mean, the reason why they moved him from there is because he kept interfering with all the stuff and the traffic in the middle of the field. You'll see a back judge trip, like in his back pedal when the ball's like deep down the field. You'll see that from time to time, but generally he isn't tripping another player. But you're right. I mean, it, it, it does seem highly unfair that Lamar is escaping the rush. He just happens to be in the end zone. And because the umpire trips, you know, he trips over him. It, it doesn't seem right. Um, it's not like you tripped over yeah, you know, a blade of grass. You tripped over a real, you know, a real person trying to get out of the way. That was the thing. Uh, that was, it was absolutely unbelievable. But you know what? Uh, the Ravens didn't care. They ended up going on and winning the game. But Lamar Jackson, uh, did he steal away the MVP from Brock Purdy on Monday? Well, when Joe Bonte asked me about it last week about the MVP and his Brock, you know, the guy, I was like, well, let's just see how things go against Baltimore because it's going to be the ultimate test. Obviously, it didn't go very well. But I've been saying this now for most of the year, but I'll say it again because if you go down at Levi Stadium there, you know, there's McCaffrey and Trent Williams and Fred Warner and Debo, and it's all stars. Like, you feel like it's like just a star-studded affair. But I've, I've been saying for much of this year that in a league full of stars, and there's a lot of stars, the biggest star is Lamar because he's indefensible. And maybe you can get him to turn the ball over, and you can, you know, Cleveland did this year. He threw a pick six, and it was probably the deciding play in, in their loss to Cleveland. But, you know, it doesn't. he doesn't ever go into a shell because he turned the ball over. He's turned the ball over because he's trying to make a play. And, you know, the throw to uh, Aguilar against Verrett in the end zone, you know, you know, only he can – I mean, other guys can make that throw. But, you know, he does that every week. Um, the touch throw to Zay Flowers, you know, after the Patrick Queen interception is just a perfect throw over Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw's head. It's a perfect throw. I mean, the guys, the throw to Gus Edwards just eluding the rush the whole time and then throwing it to him, you know, on just a scramble drill. I mean, he is indefensible. I mean, it's unbelievable. And a guy you mentioned there, because of all the star-studded names, was Christian McCaffrey uh, in regards to the 49ers. And, you know, we had a caller on Brian in New Jersey right before you came on. was like, why the hell didn't they just stick to the running game more? It felt like they got a little pass-happy there, Brian. What did you make of the 49ers kind of, I don't want to say ditching it, but not having a run-heavy game plan against the Baltimore Ravens? Because you mentioned that you just gave us the whole breakdown of why they're so hard to pass against. you got to be damn near perfect. Why not lean on McCaffrey more? Uh, well, I mean, when it's 30 to 12, you're probably not going to lean on McCaffrey. Well, yes, yes. You got away very quickly. It, you know, from 13 to 12 to 30 to 12, it, had, it seemed like it happened in minutes. You know, and if you're turning, look, they had 11 possessions. They threw interceptions on five of the 11. Now, you can say, since, you know, the first two interceptions that Brock threw were first and 10 plays, you could say at the 15-yard line, why not just give it to McCaffrey and just keep running? You know, but the quarterback had been the best quarterback in the league all year and so like you're not going to just suddenly go well this is a McCaffrey game um, even though Brock Purdy leads the league in every category so uh, you know you can, in hindsight you could say give it to him more he had 14 carries had his 100 yards had you know big runs obviously that led to their first big score um, back-to-back big runs um, I, I just don't know in that spot 
if you're going to go, okay, let's just feed McCaffrey here when the quarterback has played as well as he has. And I said, yeah, you probably should have given it to him 20 or 25 times and not thrown it on first down like they did. But um, I don't think you can look back on that like that. Baldy, in the first quarter, George Kittle was really getting after it. He had three receptions for 91 yards there in that quarter. The rest of the game, the only four catches for, I believe, 36 yards, 35, 36 yards. What was going on differently with Kittle there? Were they were the Ravens just able to kind of take him out of the game there? Because, again, the Niners, I mean, turnovers aside, the offense really seemed to be rolling when Kittle was involved early in the game. And then things were kind of stalling out afterwards. What happened there that, and that, that made the Niners kind of go away from Kittle as much as they were early on? Well, the Ravens didn't change what they did. They still played a matchup zone. They threw one to George on the sideline, you remember. And it was a perfect throw by Brock. It slipped through his hands. It was good coverage. Defender was right there on him. You know, I don't know if that was Stevens or Williams or whoever it was at that point. But, I mean, that play could have been made. Another huge chunk play. I'm sure George feels like if it hits his hands, he should catch it, regardless of he's on the sideline and being well-defensed. The ball still hit him in the hands. But, you know, those, those couple plays were play action early in the game, and it just opened up the middle of the field. The safeties were dropping. And so they hit him in the right spot. And like I've been saying all year, I mean, Purdy is so good that literally Kittle never catches the ball and they tackle him. He's always on the dead run. And he was on those first three catches. Uh, but they didn't do anything different to take him away or anything like that. They didn't bounce him at the, you know, at the line of scrimmage. They played their defense. And, you know, he got loose early. But, um, you know, I thought – the, like he, he still had a couple more chances, you know, to catch the ball. Like this offense is made to throw it to the open guy, and he did early. But I, I think, you know, the way that they match up, it takes some of those things away later in the game. Brian Baldinger joining us here on the Morning Roast, as he does each and every week. Spadoni and Lumman in for Bonte Hill and Joe Shasky. Uh, real quick, in regards to Brock Purdy, he got, left the game with the stinger. Uh, fourth quarter there. Any concerns about uh, his wear and tear towards the end here, Baldy? Obviously, no Trent Williams. He left with a groin injury. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady, Brock Purdy, whatever. If you hit the quarterback, good things happen on the other side. But for the 49ers and their hopes to win a Super Bowl, this guy's got to stay healthy. And yeah. I know it's just a stinger. I mean, I'm sure you've had one of those in the past. Maybe you can speak on it. At first, I thought it was a, a concussion because they went to the blue tent real quick, and I was like, okay, he, you know, he's taking him out being safe. you got to protect your quarterback. But just a stinger, and uh, they felt the need to keep him out the rest of the game. I know they were down 21, but just a little con- uh, little concerning, mm. a little interesting that they kept him out there. Well, stingers aren't fun. I mean, your whole arm goes dead, and you know you you squeeze your neck to the side of the stinger, and it just creates more pain. And they generally, if you do a, like a strength test, Usually the strength drops considerably on the side of the body that had the stinger. And they sort of monitor it to see. It's, it's just a strength test. Once the nerve becomes unpinged, because that's what happens, the nerve gets pinged, and you lose the feeling in your arm all the way down to your fingers. It's like hitting your funny bone down there at the end. But, you know, once, once the strength comes back, usually the stinger is healed and you, you can come back. But generally, like I had stingers throughout college, and I had them a little bit in the pros. But I had them for three years in college, and they're not fun. And it does kind of like, oh, my God, like the pain is ridiculous. It goes away. It does go away. You go back out there and you play. But it's a concern. Any of these quarterbacks getting hit, they're all getting hit too much. It's always a concern. Um, Stafford was really banged up early in the year. He's healthy now. He's playing as well as any quarterback in this league. It's just going to be hard to be at your very best if you're not healthy. 
and you're not feeling great. It's just going to be hard. Tua went through it last year. This year, he's getting rid of the ball quicker. He's taking less hits. He looks great. Um, so it's, uh, it's the state of the union of the NFL right now that when you're banged up, like it's just, it's just hard to play at your peak performance. Paul, after the Niners beat the Eagles, they were kind of talking about how they feel like they kind of cracked code on how to beat them. Is there a similar situation here with the way the Ravens beat the Niners last night? Is there some sort of like maybe code that the Ravens cracked there? Is there some that other teams can take away from what they saw on Monday night and apply it to their own game plans when they face the Niners? Or is this just a situation where the Ravens simply just had a strategy or had the personnel to, to beat the Niners? Well, the two best defenses in football, the Niners have lost to both teams, and they play it completely different. Baltimore is the number one defense in football. They play a matchup zone. Cleveland's clearly the number two best defense in football, and they play sticky man-man throughout almost the entire game. Um, and they've got three great corners that can do it, and then you you know, you know get Miles Garrett and Zedaria Smith coming at you. You're not going to be able to hold it very long. So they play it different, but if you look at the quarterback ratings against them, completion percentage, all the, the important measurables for a quarterback, they're the two lowest in the league, and the, and the Niners lost to both. So you see good defenses, great defenses. Um, the idea that this team could go up and down the field and not turn the ball over, I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. So, I mean, when you're, when you're looking ahead for the Niners, and obviously they got to f- beat an AFC team if they want to win the Super Bowl, if you're a Niners fan, are you pretty much just crossing your fingers and hoping that if the Niners do make it to the Super Bowl that the other team on the sidelines just isn't the Ravens or the Browns? Well, I think the fun thing, you know, when you get beat like you did and it's Christmas night at home, um, you know, you have to learn from it. I would imagine Kyle would have a very different game plan if he saw the Ravens again in a Super Bowl. He'd have two weeks to get ready. Um, you know, if they if they get that far, if the Ravens get that far, and there is a rematch, or if Cleveland just keeps winning with Joe Flacco, I mean, you'd have weeks to get ready. You'd, you'd be able to learn from it. Brock would be able to learn from it. I think they would do things differently. Like, honestly, like all the motions and shifts that bother teams don't bother the Ravens. They're his own team. They don't react to any of it. All they do is just spread themselves out, depending if you're in a three-by-one or whatever you're in. But they don't, it really doesn't change what they do. So I, I think you, know, you might see you, maybe them go play faster without the motions and shifts. Like that would be something to see and to see how uh, Baltimore re- responds. So I think they would run it more because the teams that have played the Ravens tough have run the ball pretty good against them. So I guess the silver lining here is obviously they don't have to play these teams the rest of the year unless you make the Super Bowl. So when you look at the NFC, you know, I'm still looking at it like the Cowboys, okay, they just lost to the Dolphins. You handle them early in the season. I think you match up well if you're the Niners. The Eagles, I'm they just don't look like the same team as last year. Just not even close right now. The Lions, okay, fun story. The first division title since my lifetime, since I was born in 1993. Pretty incredible there. But you know what? They could be had. Their defense isn't all that. Then I look at the team down south, and he mentioned them earlier. Are we talking about the Los Angeles Rams potentially being the biggest threat to the Niners in the NFC, Baldy? Yeah, I think so. The way I don't think anybody wants to see the Rams right now, the way they're playing. And the way, you know, when Kyron Williams is running the way he is, he's a factor. He's a real factor. He's a heck of a football player. And all the stats say that when he's in the lineup and getting 15 or more carries, he's their McCaffrey. Um, he's excellent. He's excellent in every phase of the game. He's really good back. But the way Stafford's thrown it right now, um, whether it's Nakua, whether it's Cup, 
Atwell, Demarcus Robinson. He's got, I mean, he, he makes throws that really nobody else in this league is making right now. He makes these spot throws on these choice routes. It's almost impossible to defend. Uh, and then defensively, like, those rookies aren't rookies anymore. Byron Young and Kobe Turner and some of these guys, like, they're playing at a high level. I mean, it might be a shootout, you know, with the Rams. I think they could be really tough. And I think if you get to Detroit in a playoff game, that also can be a shootout. That offense is very, very good. Um, they run the ball very well. Their offensive line is as good as anybody's. And so then it's a question of, you know, can their defense hold up against 49ers? I, I, I think both teams are capable of putting up big numbers against each other. Uh want to go one more Brock Purdy question here before we go around the rest of the league. Um, earlier in the show, I, I dubbed Monday night's game as kind of a learning experience for Brock Purdy. It was probably, again, his first really bad game as a pro. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're sitting with him, if you're going over the film from Monday night's game, you're looking at all the interceptions, if, if you're hoping he comes away with one lesson from Monday night's game, what's the one you know lesson that you would hope that he learns from what happened against the Ravens? Um... <clears throat> I would say that just be more aware. You know, first and like the first two interceptions are both first and ten plays. You don't have to make that play. Even if Brandon Stevens is coming off the slot and coming right at you, you don't have to make that throw to Debo. You can throw that ball into the ground. Um, you can de- you can take a sack. You can on the first interception to Kyle uh, Hamilton. I mean, you can you could check it down to McCaffrey for a yard. There, there's there's other places to go where you don't have to be. It's, it's too early in the game. It's first down. There's too many other plays that can be made that maybe you don't have to just stay on script. Brad Baldinger joining us here on the Morning Roast. And Baldy, the game that started off Christmas, and you see the beanie I'm wearing. It was the Chiefs. It was the Raiders. Mm-hmm. I don't think I have seen the Kansas City Chiefs look that inept offensively since Patrick Mahomes took over as the starter of that offense. What the hell is going on in Kansas City right now? It's a mess. It's a mess. The details, I mean, you know, you see Marquez Valdez-Scantling lining up off sides again. You know, I mean, uh, you see Travis Kelsey dropping a pass on the sideline that he never drops. You look at, you know, the ball handling with Pacheco and Mahomes that leads to a touchdown. Um, You see Mahomes throwing it on the outside to – you know, who have Justin Watson and Jack Jones picking them for. I, I don't know that I've ever seen Mahomes, like, pick six like that. Like, nothing looks good. Nothing looks clean. Nothing looks um, – nothing gives you confidence that they can drive the field. And what has really just completely gone away are explosive plays. Like, they don't have explosive plays in their playbook right now. They can't get the ball down the field. And it leads to these gadget plays and some of these other things. And when they get – penalties and they get backed up right now it used to be second and 20 all right let's go you know the Chiefs were going to convert that I don't know that they feel like they can do that right now and on the flip side there the Raiders defense and the job that Antonio Pierce has done in Las Vegas is pretty incredible I mean they went from you know Devontae Adams Josh Jacobs Darren Waller last year to an offensive type of team with not a great defense to the inverse in this last seven weeks or however long he's been there I I mean I mean, does Antonio Pierce deserve to be the head coach, uh, head coach full time next year? Yeah, I mean, you know, because the, he's he's leading this team. It, I remember talking to Max Crosby right after Antonio got the job, and they won 
the first game or whatever. It wasn't against, I forget who they played. But I, I remember talking to Max. I go, do you have enough in your locker room to turn this thing around? He goes, we absolutely do. And I didn't really believe him at the time. Like, I thought it was just what you should say. Yeah, we have everything we need. But really, I think Max, along with Antonio Pierce, has changed everything. Nobody practices in this league like Max Crosby. Nobody plays harder. Nobody plays more plays ever in this league. And it's contagious now. Now you're seeing, you know, Malcolm Kuntz. Now you're seeing, you know, uh, Tyree Wilson, who looked like a mutt the first, you know, six weeks of the season. But you're seeing just the effort across the board. And then you stop seeing the breakdowns on the back end of their defense, which they were, like, noted for. And they're just, you know, so now I know they're paying attention and they're locked in. But, uh, you know, they, they kicked Kansas City's butt. Their defensive front kicked their butt. They couldn't run the ball. Mahomes was under duress. Um, you know, Crosby was chasing, was chasing Max, uh, chasing uh, <clears throat> Mahomes all over the field. I mean, it was it was an impressive performance. They they physically whipped him at the line of scrimmage. Uh, Baldy, sticking here with the AFC. I mean, obviously, we spent a lot of time talking about the Ravens and the Browns uh, so far today. The Dolphins got a very big win over the Cowboys though this weekend. Are they looking like a team that could, you know, be the biggest threat to the Ravens in the AFC? Do you, do you see them as a team that could potentially knock the Ravens out of the playoffs in on that? Well, AFC they play side? this week. They play this week, so you know we're going to get a big test. We're going <clears> to <throat> let it get decided on the field. Um, I think you know the health of Tyreek is important. Getting some of their offensive linemen back is important, but I think two is going to have similar problems to what we just saw on Christmas night. Because all of their, like, they motion and shift just the way the 49ers do. And they have, uh, but it, when you strip it all down, they run certain basic plays like the Niners do. And the Ravens don't react to that stuff. And so the throws that look like it's just easy money to Tyreek, I don't know that they will. Now, they're going to play without Kyle Hamilton. I think that can make somewhat of a difference on the back end. Although Geno Stone's been a good player this year for him. So I, I'm anxious to see just how they respond to this defense and if they can crack their code any better than what the 49ers did. All right, I guess my last question here before we wrap things up is uh, the Niners are going to Washington uh, this weekend to take on the Commanders. They're not a very good team. They don't really have a whole lot to play for. They're probably going to be firing their coach and GM at the end of the year. They're probably going to be in a new quarterback. What is there? Is there any sort of potential troubles the Niners could run into this weekend? And I know going toward going on an East Coast road trip this late in the year can kind of be a bit of a drag. But what potential, you know, stumbling blocks or or potholes could the Niners face when they face uh, Washington this weekend? Well, they went to Philadelphia a couple weeks ago, and that wasn't a stumbling block. I mean, I think this is a get-right game. I think it's a bounce-back, get-right game. You get Brock Purdy's going to put up, I think, a good number against this defense, which is mind-blowing just how poor they are. Nobody's given up more passing touchdowns than the Commanders this year. Um, I, I think this is a get-right game for everybody. I mean, you want defensive stats, you want touchdowns, you want passing yards, you want McCaffrey to lock up the rushing title. I think this is the game they do it. They have two very good defensive players at defensive tackle. I don't see many pass rushers on the edge. And in the back end, um, they make a lot of mistakes. I, I just think this is a game you bounce back from. No, yeah, Washington's an absolute mess right now. They're probably looking to clean house uh, this offseason. Where are you at this week, uh, Baldy? Well, uh, you know, since it's New Year's Eve, you know, I figured I 
wanted to be close to home to enjoy New Year's Eve, even though I got to work on New Year's <laughs> Eve. I got to do a game. I'm just going to do the Arizona Philadelphia game. Okay. It's right in my backyard, and then I got to go over to. Uh, NFL films and do these uh, network shows wrapping up, uh, you know, week 17. So you know, it's not going to be like, I'm not going to be banging pots and pans out my back door, no. you know, at midnight. But, you know, we'll be talking football at midnight, I'm sure. There we I'll, go. I'll bang some pots and pans for you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> really yeah. quick, I, I, well, I know we said one more, but we got the college football Final Four this weekend. Oh, uh, right. You got any picks there? Bama, Michigan, Washington, I Texas. How does that look? Win. Like, I'm all about Michigan in this thing. And I, like, I don't, I like Nick Saban. I like Texas. Like, I like all of the four teams. But I'm just because I I feel like if Harbaugh wins it all, like he's going to come to the NFL. Oh yeah. And I want him in the NFL. That's where he belongs. He he is a great coach, and we need great coaches in the NFL. We have too many lousy teams this year. I want Harbaugh coaching the NFL. I feel like if he wins it all, like that's his reason to leave. Like I've done everything at Michigan I can do. Man, I, where is he going to go to? That's going to be the question. If he does Chargers, they got a quarterback, they need a head coach. Bears, what are they doing? They've been playing better. So a lot of questions there. But uh, Baldy, we appreciate the time, man, on this Christmas yeah. week. Heading into uh, New Year's. Uh, thank you Thanks, so Joe. much, man. All right, guys. Happy New Year to you, man. Happy New Year. Brian Baldinger here on the Morning Roast, leading us into... Uh, your mic's not on, Sam, if you're trying to talk. It's all right. <laughs> It's all right. Hey, I hate getting put in this position, too, because it happens to me. I put people on the spot. Shasky's the king of this, by the way. He does it. I was like, I don't have that up. What are you talking about? Injury report. It's time for the injury report. It really hurts. Brought to you by Boxer and Gerson, Northern California's premier workers' compensation law firm, helping injured workers get their lives back for over 40 years. God, I love Brian Baldinger. He was wearing the mozzarella boss shirt, too. Oh, the best. I had. Speaking of teases, we're gonna tease the feast that I had the other night uh, for Christmas. Just the amount of food that I garbled down. You're not gonna want to miss that. That's a huge tease. Uh, speaking of which, Kyle Shanahan provided a few updates on key injured players. Yes, sir. Yesterday, the biggest being Eric Armstead, who has missed the last few games with a foot and knee injury. Shanahan took a wait-and-see approach with Armstead, saying his availability will depend on how his rehab goes this week. Also, running back Elijah Mitchell is expected to be back to go, uh, be a full go this week after dealing with a knee injury, and Juwan Jennings is still in concussion protocol. The injury report was brought to you by Boxer & Gerson, Northern California's premier workers' compensation law firm, helping injured workers get their lives back for over 40 years. What's coming up on the game is sponsored by Fremont Bank, full-service banking, no compromises. More of your calls and text. Reaction to Brian Baldinger. Concerned about Brock Purdy after his four picks, or is it just a one-off? Spadoni, Lubman, and Ferbante and Shasky on 95.7 The Game. You guys are awesome, by the way. I don't think we need the original cast. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.